by Riverside. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Backside Ground Balls podcast. Uh, we're coming to you here on a Wednesday night, Valentine's Day week. Hopefully, all of us are in good spirits with our significant others. Nobody's in the doghouse right now, so uh, hopefully that that's a good thing. But um, uh, we got a very special guest here. We're super excited for this episode. We have Brandon Walters, uh, pitcher with the Boston Red Sox. Brandon, thank you for hopping on the podcast with us. Appreciate you guys having me on. Of course, of course. Dan, Dan's got the first question for you. So, Dan, fire away here. Um, one, thanks for coming on. I, I'm extremely excited to uh, to have you on because I've been a big fan from afar. I'm sure you don't know that, um, but like everybody in Delaware, you're only like one person yeah. away from knowing each other. So, obviously, right. I, I know Colin, and I've been I've seen a lot of video from him just um he showed me some stuff and then bill always takes snapchats of you guys throwing and sends them my mm-hmm. way when you guys are at titus but before that my fandom started you probably don't know this and i just want to know if you remember any of these outings i coached against you in american legion i believe it was in the fourth of july and you had a start and you threw a perfect game against the team i was coaching so i was sitting there yeah, I was sitting there watching you just carve. You were a high schooler, and it was like I've never seen a high school. I was in college still playing at this point. I think I was going into my last year, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen a high school kid spin a baseball this good. Matter of fact, I don't think I've seen anyone that I've played against in college spin a baseball. And then I was coaching in college, and you threw against us when you were at Delaware, and you punched out 15 when I was coaching at Goldie. I don't know if you remember that one. Um, (laughs) and yeah, (laughs) that one was like one of the more impressive ones because the, the perfect game is obviously unbelievable, but that's at the American Legion level. But when you were at the college level, it was looked like you didn't even break a sweat that day. And it was just, every guy was, I don't even know if you had a three ball count. So I've been, uh, I know this isn't really a question. I've been a huge fan from afar. And, um, obviously when you got picked up, I was very excited because I've, I've gotten to see you throw. And I just wanted to know if you were you remembered those outings because for me, those were like two of the best pitching performances I'd seen from a dugout. They were unbelievable. Yeah. I, de- I, mean, I, I definitely remember the perfect game. What what team was that against? R.C. DuPont. That's right, R.C. DuPont. Um, <laughs> that our place at Stahl. Um, yeah, I remember like it just like, that was like the quickest game ever. Like we just cruised <laughs> through. Like, it was. Well, I mean, obviously it's one, two, three innings over and over again, but. Uh, <laughs> And then the, my teammates dumped the water cooler on me after, and I was super pissed. But <laughs> it was unbelievable. It was, um, but I guess I just to follow up with that a little bit. I know you know we were all kind of curious, and Trevor and I were talking about this earlier. Um, but you're just kind of journey through Delaware because, like Colin, you know Delaware is obviously a smaller state, and and coming up, and you know you end up at the University of Delaware. What was kind of that process of of you know being obviously unbelievable in high school and then ending mm-hmm. up at Delaware, your hometown school, and then um, obviously getting the opportunity with the Red Sox to where you are now, which is um, obviously having a really good minor league season so far. So kind of take us through that journey of like from high school and then the recruiting process to get you to Delaware. Yep. Um, I mean, it was a simple one for me because I just I, I knew I wanted to go to Delaware like pretty early in my like baseball life. Um, 
looking back, I mean, I was, I, I think I made the right decision, but I mean, at that, like while I was at college, I was kind of like, oh, maybe I should have like ventured out and, and maybe tried something else. Um, but, but I, I liked what I did going to Delaware. Um, just cause like what you said, like you can make an impact on your like local community and people remember you. And uh, when you're done playing, you can go back and coach and, and like, you got a big name in that area. So, uh, that was pretty special to me to be able to do that at the University of Delaware and playing in high school there and everything, just kind of being a local guy. Um, and then hope my goal was to obviously get drafted, which I did. And, um, and yeah, so just wanted to stay local. And and then, so obviously through that process, were you, were you, you know, were there a lot of schools on you? What was kind of the decision? Obviously that was the number one, but were there other schools kind of knocking on the door? Like, Hey, come, come play here because you know we understand the talent and or was it kind of just always um, like ud is the goal so like i mean basically every every school like in the area was on me basically like wilmington delaware maryland villanova st joe's um probably some more that i'm not monmouth some some more that are, maybe some more that i'm not mentioning um but i didn't really i didn't really play too much travel ball so i didn't get in front of the coaches of like the SEC teams or the ACC teams from, from far away. So I didn't really have those offers. And I committed um, during my junior year. So it wasn't like, wasn't a super early commit, but I didn't really, I didn't really get in front of the eyes of the SEC coaches or ACC coaches. And like I said, it was kind of easy for me because I, I knew I wanted to go to Delaware. I know like right. getting innings right away was huge for me too. So I knew at Delaware I'd have that opportunity where my freshman year I was our Friday guy. So it was like, <laughs> Love it. So it was uh, it was good for me to go get innings right away because I, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So it was pretty simple. And then um, before I let Colin go, because I know he, he wants to ask something, but I, you kind of throw, I would say, untraditional for those who, who, you know, don't follow the game. Whereas, you know, we and we talk all the time about letting guys be who they are. You know, because to us, you know, when we talk about player development, um, you know, Trev and I were coaching at the college level, and one of the biggest things was like – way easier to maximize a guy and what he does well instead of changing him had were there any points throughout any of your you know up until now where coaches were like concerned about the arm action wanted to change how you threw wanted to change the mechanics or or has it always just been um, like people are like now it plays well yeah i mean i, I kind of always knew it played just because it is different and it's funky and the ball came out good from a slot that's different than most people so obviously it's going to at least give the hitter a different look. Um, I wouldn't say any coaches tried to change it. I know I thought about changing it after my when I got Tommy John. I got Tommy John my junior or yeah my junior year of college. Missed my whole junior year. Um, I thought it was because of the way I threw. Like I have a I had a low arm slot through kind of like side arm low three quarter. Um, so when I was coming back rehabbing, I tried to raise a little bit, and, just, and then I, I learned quickly that's just not who I am. So I went back to what I was, and I was bigger and more athletic and stronger and everything. So I ended up throwing harder out of that same slot that I was throwing before. So it worked out. And I, I'm glad I didn't change it because obviously it's what makes me unique. And anybody that sees me pitch says exactly what you just said. Like it's, it's, it's different looking, it's a different look and, and hitters don't like different looks. So I'm, it's comfortable for me. It's not, I don't feel like I'm throwing funky, but I, I watch video. I'm like, okay, yeah, I do throw a little bit different than everybody else, but it comes out good and hitters don't like it. So been going well and catch play partners don't like it tough to catch <laughs> i haven't had a good catch play partner from a catch play partner yet so dom and i always talk about it like 
it's so hard to catch because it's just too good. It's just yeah. too much to handle. I think Colin just completely refuses at this point. <laughs> no, I've stood it on the bullpens and can't see spin. And at that point, it's just, no, rather not. Rather keep my thumb in place. <laughs> but I was wondering, I feel like come, we both come from Delaware. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we know the competition here is very subpar if even below that compared to all the big school like bigger states and areas and stuff did you feel you had to make like big adjustments at each level coming up like out of delaware where we're not seeing i mean you like you said you were playing a lot of like legion ball you yeah. weren't doing a lot of travel ball did you ever feel like you had to make like a huge jump like like that like with your stuff or anything or is it kind of just always just played well i mean yeah i mean I think I've convinced myself that I had that it was a bigger jump than it actually was, just because, um, like you said, I got, until you measure up against other bigger competition, like you don't really know how stuff plays. Um, what what helped me specifically in Pro Bowl was like the addition of like the analytics and stuff, because um, those are numbers. That doesn't matter who's in the box. Like if I have three pitches that are graded as plus pitches, they work against major leaguers. So it doesn't really matter who's in the box. Um, it doesn't matter if I have faced big leaguers or not to that point. I mean, I, I know based on the numbers that it will play. So that gives me the confidence to use it and not and really not worry about who's hitting. Just make sure that I'm doing what I need to do to get the ball out of my hand the right way and, and things should work out. So I'm happy you opened that door because um, I'm very curious. What kind of – what level were you introduced to that and what – analytics were you looking at to say okay i have three plus pitches like these are these numbers are stacking up and and what was the adjustment like to then start to understand that and be able to implement it uh that was in pro ball for me i didn't really know much about that in college um i was just going based on like what we were talking about earlier like just playing catch with guys having the hitters feedback catchers feedback you know like wow your, your ball moves more than the typical like my fastball moves more than everybody else's and my slider moves more than everybody. it's like, so I'm just getting that feedback. It's the same information. It's just a different way to read it. Right. So, I mean, like, so that gave me confidence back then, but now it's like, okay, here are the numbers and they, they match up to what everybody was been saying the whole time. So it, there's different ways of getting that information. Like obviously there's kids that don't have access to track man and they don't know if their slider is going to move 15 inches or five inches. They, they can't tell, but like just using your catch play partner, it's like, okay, what did that one look like? There's something maybe a little different. That, okay. What did that one look like? Okay. That one was better. Okay. We'll, we'll throw that one then. So um, obviously with the, with the introduction of technology, it's easier, but I mean, there's always ways to, to, to give your eyes feedback of, of what's good and what's bad. I have a fun fact here. I don't know if Walt remembers this, but Middletown versus Hudson, I think it was my sophomore year. I struck out you to end the game, and we won. I don't know if you remember that, but <laughs> I sure do. I was hitting? And you were hitting. I uh, threw you a 2 2 changeup. I remember it. And I was like, I just struck out Brandon Walter. <laughs> here we go. You even remember the pitch. Was, well, I guess that wasn't my last year. I guess the I next. That must have been. Must have been, yeah, it must have been your junior year. One of my last swings I ever took, probably. <laughs> <laughs> now, Thank did God. you? When yeah, you, it's good. 
when you started to implement some of the um, like the analytical stuff and understanding, did you change your pitch usage at all? Did you start to say, okay, this fastball, you know, my fastball definitely plays, so I can start throwing it up in the zone and throwing it more? Yeah, definitely. Because, uh, well, yeah, I mean, I started throwing way more two seamers than four seamers. Because, okay. I mean, I was in college, I was probably 50 50 split. Um, but, I mean, I was my. Two seam grades, well, way better than my four seamer. But four seamer still does have a role, so I do throw it. It's just in a different location. I'll throw it more up in the zone. Uh, even though it doesn't get a ton of carry, I have a low slot, so it, it does get swings and misses at the top of the zone when I throw it effectively. I don't throw it a, a ton, but when I do use it, it's, it's there as an option. Um, and just the slider, I just throw the slider way more just because I knew my slider was good, but like I didn't realize it was like a – like a really true plus put away pitch. So I, I, I use it Agreed. almost every time. Mm. And it, it, it's impressive to me because you look at like, you know, you anyone has access to your stats. It's like you don't leave the zone with it either. So not only like to me, it's like you, you obviously you have stuff that plays at the top percentage, but then you're also not letting guys breathe. Right. And has that yeah. always been your mindset of like, I'm just going to stay in the zone because if I don't put them on for free, then shoot, like I'm going to win. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and to me that doesn't, that shouldn't be just me. That should be every pitcher to me. I mean, like, because when you break down what how important the first pitch is, um, just throwing a first pitch strike is like changes the at bat so much. I know it sounds cliche, but like it actually does. Like, if you're in the strike zone with your first pitch, like, you're gonna have success, and that that's just like the the biggest thing that I changed going into last year was I stopped trying to hit corners on the first pitch. I literally just throw the ball right down the middle. And it's doesn't mean I always throw a fastball first pitch, but whether it's slider, change up, four seamer, two seamer, I literally my eyes are middle middle, and then the ball moves a little bit, so your eyes going to hit that spot. So sometimes you'll hit a corner by accident, um, but just just being an attack going to throw a strike there, and then you're in the driver's seat. Obviously, that's when you can expand the zone, um, but just trying to stay out of the one zero counts as much as you can. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the same way. I think we talked about it before, but like. Anytime I throw a first pitch fastball, I'm just eyeing the catcher's mask and just throwing it, right. just letting it eat. Like, I'm not trying to pinpoint stuff. I feel like sometimes pitchers get, like, this mentality, like, they give the hitters too much credit. And it's like, you ever watch batting practice? Like, they're just popping the crap up all the time, and it's 50 miles an hour. Like, why not try and challenge the dude with a first pitch heater or a competitive slider in the zone? Like, yeah, definitely. get I mean, ahead right away. You don't want to baby. You don't want to throw just anything in the zone. Like, throw your nastiest pitches, but – Throw them in the strike zone if you can. I mean, like, um, just just go look up numbers of what guys hit on the first pitch. It's it's not good, and and especially look up what they hit after it's a first pitch strike. It's even it's way worse. It's in the ones. So it's like, mm-hmm. but if you throw a first pitch ball, it's like, oh, maybe they're hitting three fifty now. So it, it can change the at bat so much. And if you're if you're in the if you're getting first pitch strikes seventy five percent of the time, you're going to be in a good spot. But if you're in the fifties or sixty percent, like it like it really can change your numbers that much over time. So mm-hmm. all, the, all those numbers exactly. are interesting to me, and I, I totally bought into them. I love it. And do you, do you then also – so, you know, obviously you're you're in attack mode and you want to go 0-1. And um, clearly because of, you know, the fact that you're not walking a lot of guys, you're getting there and you're, you're accomplishing that. Then does it change – because, you know, you get to pro ball and you're seeing, you know, the guys that you're seeing across from you that you're competing against are obviously really good. 
So then mm-hmm. does it change from there? Have you, you know, kind of what's your plan of attack? If like, let's say you got a, a two hole hitter, is it still like, okay, I'm up Oh one. Is it now like, all right, I, I need to play with him a little bit. I can get him to chase cause he's behind or are you still just like full on attack no matter who's in the box? For, for me, I mean, like obviously the situation will change things here and there. If there's a guy on third with one out or something like you're going to, there's certain times where you're maybe looking for swings and misses and not contact. But for me, I mean, I'm most of the time I'm going in the zone, even in no one counts. Like I'm not, I'm usually not trying to get chases there. Like I, I might, I might move the catcher a little bit to like, maybe I'll try to like sneak a front hip sinker instead of just going middle, middle with it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the idea is to still be in the zone 01 for the most part. It's attack. Like I, that's always my mentality from college. It was like on or on in less than three, like, if he gets yeah. a first pitch hit, like, so what? Like, yeah. you threw one pitch, and I, now you roll up a ground ball. Like, it's so what? Like, you'd rather be ahead or have the guy. I mean, obviously, you don't want to let up a homer or something. But then again, that's a solo home run. Like, so what? They're not going to kill you. Like, read the situation a little better. But I was interested, like, how much, like, do you use, like, the numbers and stuff, like, during your bullpens? Because – uh, this year, like the with the A's, we had the track man, and every bullpen, I was out there with it, like making sure everything was consistent. Do you use that consistently, like week to week, to make sure everything is on, or do you kind of just already have the feel from it, just from you know time after time, it just kind of becomes like natural and you like that. Kind of, I mean, I guess I'd say like both. Like I, I kind of, I try to treat bullpens like I have a goal in mind, and I try to accomplish that goal. Sometimes it's not always like making my stuff as nasty as it can be just because I mean you know the wear and tear on your arm like you're I'm not I'm not throwing full hundred percent bullpen no. every time I'm throwing a bullpen. Um so like if I'm throwing an eighty percent effort bullpen I'm really not worried about like what velo is or what movement patterns are, spin rates or anything because you know that's not going to be game like if you're only throwing eighty percent. Um mm-hmm. but I mean, most of my bullpens I go through and I just try to throw either I'm working on Strikes, like I said, like just first pitch strikes, like just getting everything in the zone, um, which I, I do that a lot. Usually I take my first 20 pitches and I try to throw as many strikes as I can. And the, the track, that's that's where I use the track. It's like, was it a strike? Was it not? I'm not looking at spin rates, movement mm-hmm. patterns, velos or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, just trying to get the ball in the zone. And then from there, that's when I'll work on chase pitches and, and trying to get the ball to move, start in the zone and move out. It's Simple as that. I try not to make it too complicated. So, like, uh, with my, like, for my, like, bullpens and stuff, like, I feel like a lot of my bullpens, kind of like you're talking about, like, each week, like, if I had a game where, like, my slider was bad and I go and attack it, like, during the bullpen, do do you do stuff like that? Like, you base it off of, like, how you pitch that week and then you want to attack it in the bullpen before your next start? Yeah, I mean, if if something jumps out, like, like, if something wasn't right or, like, was different than the norm, like, if, say, if I'm getting – 20 inches of sweep on a slider and one game for some reason I'm getting like, I'm averaging like 13. Okay. My spin direction is probably terrible. Then I got to fix that. Um, but yeah, I could, I could use a few to do that. Like try to get that feel back for what those good sliders feel like or any pitch, whether it's change up or whatever. Um, just try to get those numbers back to what the, they should be. Uh, do you ever use it in game? I've had games where like I've come off the mound and I'm like, "What's wrong with my slider?" And I look at the track man. I'm like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, 
that's not the shape. Like I need to adjust it. Do you ever like do that in between innings where you're like, okay, like what's off here? Like what's uh, like what do I need to fix this? Like stuff like that. Um, no. Well, number one, because I don't think we have access to that. Like they don't. Like, <laughs> I, don't I think they're like against that showing us like showing us like, stuff in game because like they're so big on like just competing, which I'm big yeah. on that too. Like you're not always gonna have your best stuff. Like just go compete with what you nope. have. Like I mean. Mm-hmm. That's where it's back to like high school ball. It's just like okay, the trackman shit doesn't matter anymore. It's just like just whatever strikes, you say, like, get out of it. What you got? Like, there's, there's, I, I remember this game last year where like I just couldn't throw. Uh, like I'm huge on like first pitch sliders, like just because it's just like never gets swung at. So I was like, I'll just throw first pitch slider. And then, like there was a game last year where I just like my slider was just terrible for the first like five innings. End up throwing seven innings, and I remember in the sixth and seventh inning, I found my slider, and it was gross. But I mean, (laughs) but like I just wasn't throwing it like up until then because it wasn't there. So I was just working with the the fastball changeup as much as I could, throwing the slider to mix it in, try to get the feel back for it, and then threw one good one, and I was like, oh, there it is. And the next two innings, I was like basically all slider because they probably eliminated it. I wasn't throwing it all game. Um, (laughs) Just stuff like that, just just feeling what you like have that day, and and working with what you got. That's the way I kind of look at it. It's like as a starter, it's like you have 10 starts. It's like three of them you're going to be lights out. Three of them you're like, uh, okay, I'm okay. Like, not great. Like, three of them you're going to be like, oh, my gosh. Like, what yeah. the heck's going on? Like, you have to make those adjustments mid-game and just kind of deal with it. Like, yeah, we're not tough. perfect. Like, it, pitching's hard. Like, you're like, gosh, like, I don't have it today. Like, what happened from this week to last week? But it just happens. Like, can't control it sometimes like everybody goes through it it's just tough but yeah it's important to make sure you just understand it and recognize it early rather than like in the third fourth inning where you're like oh my gosh like i still yeah. haven't found it, it now is, i'm in yeah deep it, trouble it can spiral on you quick like obviously you know like mm-hmm. if you're it's like finding that fine line between being stubborn and like trying to find a pitch that maybe you don't have right then and like doing what like using your other stuff just to like get out of the inning like you gotta like pick and choose your spots where it's like okay i'm gonna try to establish it here but i mean obviously if like two guys on one out two count you're mm-hmm. not just gonna like try to find your slider at that point like you're gonna, no. like, you're gonna yeah. comfortable, like, <laughs> and just work with what you have so it's just yeah, read the situation a little bit <laughs> <laughs> picking and choosing your spots to to maybe work on something in game which is weird to say like, some, like sometimes you have to do that you have to like just like dedicate a few pitches to like getting back onto your game that you're comfortable pitching. Mm-hmm. Like it. Well, I just think it's so important too, from what you guys are saying and just knowing, you know, obviously my experience is the college level and it stops there, but you know, just getting those guys, especially when you start to introduce some of this data to them and just like the compete thing is still most important, right? Yeah. Cause you can, you can sit there and dive into the, the numbers, which are great. And to have that feedback and that instant feedback in a bullpen, especially to know what your stuff is doing, to be able to educate yourself on, okay, this is how I can possibly get outs or this is how I can, you know, pitch because of what my, my, my stuff does and knowing your stuff. But then like, to me, it's, it's you still have to go out there and compete. And like Colin just said, like, you know, only 33% of your starts, you're probably going to have your, your A stuff. So then like, you have to have the mindset to be able to go after it. And, you know, hearing you talk about, like, I found my slider because I just continued to trust it and throw it even when it wasn't good that day. Have you always had a mindset like that? Or is that something that you've developed as, you know, competition's gotten tougher? Oh, I mean, it's probably just experience, honestly, just knowing like, 
yeah, just just knowing the little ways that you can kind of cheat the system to 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 work on things as the game's going on. Like, and every time you go out as a starter, it's it's easier. Obviously, as a reliever, sometimes you gotta like just wing it and work and throw just one go. at yeah. that time. Uh, as a starter, every, every inning you get five pitches to to warm up, and sometimes I'll use like I have my normal routine where I'll go fastball, change up, slider, fastball, whatever. Um, but sometimes I'll use those to I'll throw a bunch of changeups. I'll throw five changeups if if that's not what's working, you know. Um, so you have those you have those little ways that you can kind of make those in game adjustments. And it's hard to do. It's hard, especially when you're coming off a game where maybe your changeup was was nasty, and you got seven strikeouts on your changeup, and you're like, oh, changeup's feeling really. And you go in the next game, and the changeup's not there, and you're, you're working on these tunnels all week, and you, you got to change it that game. Um, it's tough. So you got you got to find your ways to just get out in any way you can. Sometimes, sometimes if you're a strikeout pitcher, you might have to turn into a ground ball pitcher for a game if you, if, you, if your right. strikeout pitch isn't there. And then, and then, so walk me a little bit through that because you just mentioned, you know, you were working on tunneling. So walk me through what your normal routine is between, you know, start start day to start day. You know, how has that routine changed, and kind of what does it look like right now? Um, like in a bullpen session between starts, you say? Yeah, like what's your day to day? So you start, let's say you start on Saturday. What's you know Sunday oh, until like your the, next start? Five day routine. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. So it's game day is. I call it day one. Oh, no, no, no. Game day is game day. Day one is like your recovery day, next day after the start. Um, we do lower body lifts that day and like a longer running, like kind of like more like a pole strider type running, like extended running, not fast. Um, let's see if I missed anything. No, and then just like your basic training room recovery, everything to kind of get your body feeling good. Um, day two for me is we do a side on day two, which is a bullpen. Uh, it's tough. It's really it's, it's a tough. One. That's a tough day. Tough. <laughs> I, what about you? The second day is always like I just lifted the day before. I'm usually still feel, sore today. Uh, I usually feel better on day one. Than day wow. Two. Mm-hmm. Day two, the soreness really hits. Uh, but we do mm-hmm. side on day two. Um, with an upper body lift, with like our shoulder program that we do, um, and like more like sprint type running. Day three, they call it a, it's like a, what do they call it? Do like a nine inning. Spa day. Basically, I mean, it's like every day's recovery, but um, it's like core running, some like mobility stuff. And then day four is day before start, we do like a more potentiation, like fast moving stuff, med ball throws, sprints. Um, like quick, heavy lifts, and then you're just game day. How many days between starts are you throwing? So obviously you got your side on day two, and I would imagine three and four. Are you also throwing on day one? Oh yeah, yep. And are yeah. you? And how often are you? Are you sure you do? Yep. And are you stretching it out ever? Are you a guy who likes to to extend or? Um, sometimes it's on field, but I usually try to do day three. Long toss, like long, like not long toss to me is not that long. It's like 200 plus, not right, not like max long toss. Um, so that's the day after the bullpen. I'll try to like air it out a little bit, no pull downs or anything, just just like 
I call it light long toss, like minimal effort, air it out, get out there quick, get back in quick. Um, so then like not a, not a ton of throws like volume wise, but but getting some distance under it and it, it just makes my arm feel loose. I don't know. It's everybody's different, but that's what I do. I was wondering, like, uh, had the beauty, like, like seeing you at the gym, like, every day, like, your routine, like, it seems like every day, like, you had a plan, mm-hmm. and I was wondering, like, when it comes to, like, dry work and drill work and stuff, like, I see you on the mound, like, with the med balls, like, doing drills like that, with the valve slide, feeling the hinge or the PVC pipe or stuff like that, do you continue that stuff in season, like, do you ever work that in, or is it kind of like a... I don't want to like try to tinker with stuff too much right now, sort of thing. Like I did my work in the off season. It's weird because I was actually talking about that today with uh, our strength coach. I, it kind of like I kind of I don't know if I do it on purpose or not, but I kind of phase it out. Like, I don't do as much. I think it's just because like workload overall just becomes so much mm-hmm. that like I don't need to add in like heavy med ball throws off the mound. Like I'm already doing med ball throws on like flat ground and everything. Um, like I like I already have phased that part out. So like because because we're on the mound like every other day now. So it's um so it just it would just be like too much for my body, I guess. So I gotta mm-hmm. I do like less of that stuff once I like am like consistently throwing off the mound because I don't really need to like like reemphasize those movements. Like I'm throwing on the mound so much that I I don't feel like I need that. Um, yeah, it's already there. Yeah, but if but if I if like. I could still do it if I feel something where, like, okay, I'm, like, kind of falling out of my hinge. I'm not really getting that feel. I can always go back to those drills that know, that I know work for me. Mm-hmm. I want to say, how difficult, in your opinion, was it to go from a seven-day to a five-day? Because I remember the first time doing that, and I was – I could not believe the fact that I was throwing a bullpen two days after I just right. threw a hundred pitches. I, I couldn't believe you, that. And to, that workload was incredible. Like a big adjustment. <laughs> do you throw a bullpen day two too also? We're still on a, on a, like a six day, like a college as of now. So we were pitch Saturday, throw a bullpen. Oh, that be Thursday, Wednesday or Thursday. I think I was, however, however I felt. Well, yeah. So it was like, well, most days, I'm still in a week well, long. We were, we we're mostly on the sixth day routine because of the off day but yeah true yeah but i mean they in like in spring training we run the five day the whole time so yeah but yeah that i mean that adjustment was hard going from because in college you have a full week to recover and then you get Mm -hmm. pro ball it's you have four days to recover you have four off days so for me i never i've never felt the effects of my last game during the next game like i don't know i've never been like sore from to me it was just the the, throwing the bullpen on the second day is tough because it's tough to like get your arm ready and like actually get good working if you're just so sore so you gotta like find ways to beat the soreness so you like really gotta recover really fast for that that's how i look at it but by the time the next game starts i don't ever feel sore from the previous game I don't know if you do or not, but I feel like every every game I had, it was like, all right, here we go, pop some Advil and let's get after it. Like, I gotta, I feel, I feel good. Like my head, like mentally, I'm like, I feel good, I feel good, I feel good. And the body's like, ah, son, I don't know about that. <laughs> I mean, just go back and forth. Good. Everybody knows you're never gonna feel good. No, I don't even think it feels like. 
that's where I remember I got to college and our coach asked one of like the seniors, he was like, out of the seven days, how many days does your arm feel good? And he was like, maybe one. I was like, coming from high school, I was like, yeah, my arm felt good every day. One? I was like, I felt good every single day. And then like midway through the season, I'm like, okay, I understand this. Like, yeah. this is tough. Like, it's tough to adjust to this, but mm-hmm. we have to overcome that at some point. Like, pitching the big leagues, you got to throw 180 innings on a five-day schedule. Like, they do it. You got to find ways to, yeah. you know, do um, the same thing and compete with them at that level. I can tell you they don't feel good either. <laughs> no. It's just whatever we said, pills, whatever you got to do, like, they do it times two probably because think about them being, like, 35 years old, like, Mm-hmm. All the innings they've had built up over their whole career, like there's no way their arm feels good. I feel like every day, like we they had a team as like team masseuse, and like that guy was booked from 100%. nine o'clock until the game was over. It was like they had to get all this treatment in, but that's what you got to do to compete at that such of a high level and keep up with you know young guys coming up. Make sure your body feels good every day. Like position guy, 162 games a year. I mean. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine, like, our position dudes, like, you've seen it. Like, it's just tough for them to feel good every day. Like, there's always something, like, nagging at them, and it's just tough to overcome that sometimes. But you have to do it if you want to keep playing and getting better. And I was going to say, like, did you, like, have to implement any, like, more recovery-like stuff, just, like, soft tissue, like, any more stuff in the weight room? Like, was there anything that you started to do in pro ball that you never did before that really helped you stay, you know, healthy and at least felt as best as you could each start. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely been bigger on mobility and just and just mm-hmm. utilizing the, uh, like, the trainers, like, soft tissue, getting, like, needles, um, like, just using the resources. I know it's actually today we had, like, our first, uh, like, pitchers and catchers meeting in, in the big league side, and the pitching coach said it's mandatory you have to go to the trainer's room every day, no matter whether you feel good, bad, like, it doesn't matter. You have to make an appearance in there and get like worked on a little bit, at least stretched out. Um, and obviously, this is the time of year where everybody's feeling great. You're coming off an off season. You haven't thrown much, but he wants us in there anyway, just to stay on top of those things before they come up. So it's just it's just knowing your body and knowing like, okay, I always get bicep soreness. So staying on top of it before it happens instead of waiting for it to happen, and then you're that's when you end up missing time for things like that. So it's just, it's just knowing what, if something's going to hurt, knowing what's going to hurt on your own body, everybody's different. I know for me, it's always like bicep and like around my flexor always gets sore. Uh, a lot of guys it's shoulder or like pec or something or lat. Um, so just, just knowing those spots that you know you're susceptible to getting and, and getting on top of them before they come up. And then I, you both could answer this question, Colin, you can too. So going throughout the season, because it's such a long, I mean, you know, you guys are, you're talking now, you're up on the mound every other day starting in February, and then you guys are pitching through September. Is there ever, does it fluctuate, or is there ever a point where you're just so into your routine in, let's say, July and August, where maybe that soreness goes away, or you just know how to deal with it and handle it, you know, on the bullpen day? Because, you know, you're talking, Brandon, you're talking about bullpenning on day two. Mm-hmm. And, you know, early on, I would imagine you haven't done that all off season, So it's probably still a little bit of a shock when you first get yeah. there. Is there ever a point in July where you're like, oh, no, I got this now. Like, I'm starting to feel better. Or is it just kind of random? Um, I, I mean, I usually catch on to the, to the routine. It's not. I mean, it, it, 
like I said, you, you just know, you just got to know how to get your body ready for it. It's not, um, like, it's not that bad once you like get on that routine. So right. it's just, it's just, it does take a little bit of time to, to have your body adjust to that added workload. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, I get through it. It's not, it's not the end of the world. I always feel like the first, like, couple weeks like getting adjusted it's like oh gosh here we go like i'm gonna be a little more sore yeah. than usual but you have to continue that routine so that by the time july and august comes around like it's just like it's like all right another bullpen day like right. i've already gone right. through this i already went through that tough stretch of like soreness in the beginning of the season where you're not used to you know game like adrenaline all the all the feeling with it all the max real max effort but like answering dan like i felt like I felt like it was hit or miss. Like some weeks I'd be like, oh, I feel great. And then some days you're like, man, like this, like maybe I'll skip this pen. Like I've had, like there was weeks, like I think when I first got drafted with the A's, like the starters, it was like two bullpens. And like that third week, if you didn't want to throw one, like you didn't have to, like just to try to manage that workload. But some guys did, some guys didn't. So I think it just goes down to kind of what was saying, like understanding who you are as a pitcher, like you're your own best coach. Like you can't just be, hoping somebody else can tell you what to do like your body like it's going to tell you like what you need so just answering dan's question yeah it, it it does get better like for me it gets better throughout the season when it comes to recovery it's not like right it, i feel like it always hits a point where it's like maybe it's around like august july like maybe around august where then it starts to like get worse because it's just like your workload has been so much for so long that Maybe that's when I'll start like skipping the the midweek pen, or moving it to the middle day instead of throwing two in between. Um, and then you can just kind of tinker with it there. And at that point, your but your your body's in, like you have such good sync with your mechanics that it like. Not saying you don't need a bullpen in between, but it's less important than it is in the beginning of the season. I would say. Yeah, it's not going to kill you to skip a bullpen in late September when you're almost done. Right. Like, <laughs> you're tired. Yeah. You might as well be as feel as best as you can those last couple weeks before you the off season begins and stuff like that but so for our listeners and obviously Walt you probably realize this too I've had some technological issues so I was in and out so I apologize for that so um, but as you guys were talking one of the questions that I kind of thought about here was you know managing that workload what was the biggest difference between every level right going from high school to college and you were on a starter rotation in college and pitched 90 innings as a freshman if I'm not mistaken and then obviously the transition into pro ball what's the biggest kind of difference at each level for you is it is it kind of paved in that routine is it in the off season or, or kind of the combination of everything i mean the, the big like the biggest difference is the length of the season i think is because high school it's what two and a half months like maybe yeah, three exactly. months yeah so i mean you can get away with maybe not preparing i mean and your body's younger you don't have as many innings under you um you can get away with maybe not preparing the way obviously a mlb pitcher would playing 162 games uh because just because you're only going to make i mean i think my senior year of high school I like, I pitched a ton. I only pitched like 11 games or something. So, I mean. Out of the 18 games in Delaware baseball. <laughs> broke the record for innings or something. I pitched 11 games. Um, but in the big leagues, you're, you're, if you're a starter and you don't miss any, you're throwing 30 starts. 
So, I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's a different kind of preparation that you have to do for that. Um, and like I said before, it's just like you want to, you want to be on top of the little things that can hurt your arm before they happen instead of trying to deal with them as they happen. Things are going to pop up. You're not going to throw 200 innings and not have any kind of issues along the way. Like things are going to pop up. It's just knowing how to manage them and being smart with it. If you have to take a day off of throwing, take a day off of throwing. Exactly. So uh, I don't think we said, but for our listeners, Brandon Walter was recently added on to the 40-man for the Boston Red Sox. So congrats to that. And so now you're full-on big league camp, like that close. Has your mentality like changed at all? Like knowing like, oh, I'm this close, like, do I need to change anything? Or are you going into the spring training like, my stuff's good. Like, I don't need to change anything. I just got to go out there and just compete. And whatever happens, happens. Um, I'm trying not to change much, obviously, because, I mean, I want to do whatever got me here, which is just, which is just like you said, compete and just and just trust my stuff. Um, the one thing I do want to change, I guess it wouldn't really be change, is just be, just be flexible with a role. If they want me to move to the bullpen or, or be a long man out of the pen, whatever, whatever I got to do to help the club, I know – that's how rookies break into the league. So that, that's, there's nothing wrong with that. I know you can go back to starting at any point. Um, but yeah, just for me, just being flexible and not being getting frustrated if they do move me to the pen or if they do option me back to my early camp or triple a or whatever. Um, just knowing that's part of the process and not kind of getting overwhelmed by that. Something like that. Cause it happens to everybody, obviously. Um, but yeah, just trying to, just trying to be flexible with, with pretty much everything along this whole this whole journey. As I like to say, like control what you can control. Right. Like, yeah, <laughs> sometimes it's out of your hands, and if they tell you, like, hey, you're gonna be a reliever for us, like, accept the role. Yeah. Like, let's get after it. Like, I like that mindset of whatever they want, like whatever they need. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do my best to do that job, but the best I can to help this club. I mean, I mean, now we're talking World Series. Now we're talking yeah. pennants. Now we're talking all that stuff. That I mean, that's just crazy. Like, just for me to talk about. I don't know about you, but it's like I don't know. Like 15 years ago, I would have never expected. You know, 10 years ago to be in this situation, and now it's like I'm this close to competing. Yeah. For an ALE's pennant, like I'm competing for an American League championship. So it's it's really exciting to think about that stuff now. Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy, honestly, because it's. Because you know, like in the minor leagues and everything, like winning really isn't like the priority. So it's crazy when you get, and you were, in, I know you were in big league camp last year. You know this, like when you get up here, when you get to the big big league camp, and you're with those coaches and those players, like you see how much winning matters. And it's like it's just like a different thing. Like you, you never really were exposed to that in the minor leagues, and it's honestly kind of cool. It, I feel more comfortable in that kind of thing just because. It goes back to what I've always done my whole baseball career, which is just compete. And I feel like that gets lost in minor league baseball. Some guys are so hung up on their own stats and their own numbers, and oh, how hard am I throwing? How like how many homers am I hitting? Whatever. Um, you, you can get hung up in that stuff, and especially if you're if you're looking over your shoulder at other people you're competing with on your own team. Like that's just like not the road you want to go down. Just I always look at it, just try to compete and try to win, and then things will fall into place. And the big league side, they're they're obviously huge on that. And the coaches, that's that's what is going to keep their job is winning. So it's it's just more fun. It's just more fun to be around. It's a better culture. Yeah, I remember that. Like get the pro ball and like talk to guys, and it's like everybody is like here for themselves. Like it was cutthroat, and you go from college where everybody on that team is 
doing whatever they can to at that point get the Omaha or regional, super regional and stuff. You get the Pro Bowl and it's like here's a here's a team in quotation marks with thirty individual guys. And like you said, like in big league camp, like it was way different. It was like these guys have already developed. Now it's go time. Now we're working to really win games. We're not developing guys. You've already developed through the years. So I see that too, like in my early ball, like guys are just kind of worried, like kind of on themselves and stuff and not focusing on the fact that you need to compete. Like you can't just go out there and worry about, you know, like you said, data and how many homers, all the, all the movement and stuff. Like you need to be able to compete. If you can't compete, you're not going to pitch in the big league. So all that is, is that's the best competition in the world. It's the best 750 players on this planet competing to win a world series. So it just changes your whole mindset. But like you said, like you go back to it and you feel comfortable, like I'm here to win. Like I want to do the best I can to help this club win. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool being around. Uh, I'm, I'm lucky I'm with the Red Sox. They have a ton of veterans that have, that have done a ton of cool stuff. I mean, we have so many World Series champions on this team that's like, and you can see those guys. Like the Red Sox finished in last place last year, and you know they don't expect the Boston Red Sox to be in last place any year. Like that, that should never happen with the kind of money they spent. Um, and you can see that, like, Kiki Hernandez, Chris Sale, we got uh, Justin Turner now, and Kenley Jensen. Those guys are, like, they, they seem like they're pissed off about it, and it's it's like they take it personal, and they really want to win. And it's, it's kind of motivating because they, they see a guy like, like me or, like, a, a young minor league guy, and they don't care, like, what I have done in the minor leagues. They, they see me as, like, okay, what can you do to help the club win? And I, I think that's how it should be. Like, just do whatever you can to help the club win, and then things will fall into place for you. I like it. Yeah, we had uh, Aiden McIntyre, who was Colin's former roommate on, and he said that you spend your whole time in the minor leagues developing and where winning's in the back burner, and then you, the second you make your debut, it's like now it's the only thing that matters. Mm-hmm. Like you, you go from being oh, – really, it has to be selfish because it's your <laughs> career, it's your future, to having to be selfless in your role. And, it, you know, that that's kind of where my question goes. Obviously – big league camp just started you know you don't you haven't been there this might be something that we could talk about in a month or down the road but you know what is the influence of having guys like that and and how crazy is it a to think about where you've come from and and you're sitting there with guys like Kike Hernandez Kenley Jansen's Chris Sale and all these guys around you and and be like you know have you learned anything like how do they go about their work that you're kind of picking their brains from stuff or you just kind of being a fly on the wall sitting back and watching uh, I mean, definitely a combination of both. I'm trying to pick their brains as much as I can, um, especially the pitchers. You know, we had guys that have won World Series. We had Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber was there today. He's got two two uh, Cy Young awards. Like, obviously, I'm going to talk to that guy as much as I can. Um, and, and, like, I've gotten close with Chris Sale over the last couple of years. Um, that's another guy. I mean, I kind of – being a lefty, too, that helps. Um, just picking those guys' brains as much as I can. Um but yeah, I mean, it's it's just so cool seeing how they're so willing to help, you know, because because like like I said, they want to win. So if they can help their teammates, they're gonna have a better chance of winning. Where it's the minor league side, I mean, Colin knows you see it. Like, it almost seems like people are cheering against their own teammates because they're kind of compete with them to move up. Which is, I mean, it's it's just natural. You're not actually cheering against them. They're all your friends and everything, but. At the end of the day, it's it's either you or them gets to go up. It's not like it's not like everybody can move up at the same time. So 
it's a different culture in that sense. In the major league side, they're they're more trying to help, and it's like it's it's actually a collective goal. Okay, let's go. What do we have to do to get better today? What do we what do we have to do to win? Whereas in the minor league, it's okay. What do I have to do to get better? What do I have to do to to kind of make myself stand out? So it's just, it's just a different it's just a different culture. I don't know, I don't know what other way to put it. It's just a, it's just a different and, and better winning culture. Yeah, it's hard to like describe it. Like like you throw a game like you think you do really well. Like you know like just for example, you go like five or six innings, you know seven eight punch outs, and you know the guy next to it does the same thing with you know he might go seven innings with ten strikeouts. You're like oh my gosh, like I need to do better than this guy. But I think I I feel like with the A's like I've been fortunate like a lot of the guys like with us like I don't know about you guys but we've all been trying like willing to help each other because also at the end of the day like we're also playing for 29 other teams like I'll never forget like going the short season A and I go you know chart in the stands and I'm like why is the Diamondbacks guy here like why is the Angels guy here and the guys are like they're scouting other guys like it's not you're not just playing at that point like you're we're playing for the A's you're playing for the Red Sox but other teams are still looking at you so and then it's tough because, like, you want to, you know, beat the guy next to you. But then again, you don't want to be, I mean, like an a-hole and, like, you know, hope stuff bad for him. That's where I think players, like, really go down a dark hole of wishing bad on guys. And I feel like I'm a believer in karma. Like, that's going to catch up to you at some point. I feel like I've gone in the, like, over the years, like, you know, my fourth season of, like, my early ball. Like, I want to try and help guys that are younger than me so that they're not making the same mistakes that I'm making. And that's cool. Like how you're talking about with the big league team. Like, it's like, we're here to win, like development's over. Like we are a collective unit now gunning to, you know, not come in last place. Like last year, hoping to work our way up and probably in my opinion, the toughest division in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. I mean, that division is deep. Yeah. So yeah, that mentality, it's tough to like go from, you know, trying to develop myself to, here I am. Like now we're a team. It's different. It's, it's weird because like it's like oh, now it's time to like go. You, you always picture yourself as like a work in progress, and then it's like oh man, now, now I'm here. Now I gotta like, what do I gotta <laughs> do to like just help like help the team. Now it's like it's like mm-hmm. it's just it's, yeah, the it's work's like, done. Yeah, and yeah. now it's time to go. It's it's kind of like a relieving feeling, but I mean it's also kind of a uncomfortable feeling because you're always you're just so used to trying to get better, which obviously you're still trying to get better, but it's like. It comes a point where it's you got to just help the team. I kind of got a dumb one here. You just <laughs> mentioned him a couple minutes ago, Chris Sale. Has anyone anyone made the comparison? Everybody, because obviously he's accomplished a lot. But the, mm-hmm. the mechanically, is it you get it all the time? All the time. Yep. <laughs> and and you said that you've been able to get to know him well. Have have you guys talked about it at all? Has he given you anything that's like helped you maybe? be more consistent or comfortable in your mechanics? Um, we definitely mentioned the similarities in the, in the throwing style. I, I do think we're a little bit different. Like he, our pitches move a little bit different. He's obviously throws harder and he's, he's Chris Sale. I can't, I can't. He's Chris Sale, right? Yeah, that goes without saying. <laughs> I will right? never compare myself to Chris Sale because, <laughs> right, sure. because he's Chris Sale. But if people say I throw like him, then I'll, I take it as a compliment. Um, yeah. But he's, he's a really good guy and he's always open to help help with everything and just, and just talk about whatever. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, he's, he kind of has the same mindset as me where it's like, he's just, he's just in attack mode all the time. And, he, and for him, it never stops. Cause he's just, he's intense. He's a little bit, he's more intense than me. He's, uh, he's a drummer, he's a screamer. He's, he's, 
he'll beat the he'll beat up a TV if he has to. He's he's <laughs> he's he's a interesting guy. He, he'll cut some jerseys when he doesn't want to wear them because <laughs> he thinks that going to pull up. So you mentioned that your guys' stuff profile is a little bit different. Kind of like obviously from the eye test, the the slider at least sometimes seems similar. It's kind of that it's tough on lefties, obviously, and it looks like it's coming from the first base dugout for righties. Kind of walk through how your stuff is different because from the eye test, it can look similar. Um, so he actually gets a decent amount of carry on his forcing fastball, which is which is different than me. I, I'm like a true really? tumbling sinker baller. So like I'm, where, my, okay. where my two seam is – on like a on a vertical movement scale, it's like around zero to about yeah. So it's like zero to like three for his. I don't know what his two seam fastball is, but I know his four seam. He uses his four seam more than me. And it's more effective, and obviously he throws a hundred and strikes out everybody in the major. League. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of than everybody else, but uh, um, but yeah, slider is probably pretty similar. I think it's similar speed, similar movement. Um, I probably use my changeup more than he does. He probably uses fastball more, rightfully so. But it, 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 I just, I just want to say it's insane how much vertical movement and like how much carry he gets from that slot. To me, because like I just feel like that's not something you see very often. To come from that slot and get that much vertical movement and carry on your fastballs, like extension. I, it's I don't understand it. It's disgusting. Yeah. It's crazy. I was I was watching his bullpen today, and like he just like it looks like he's like halfway to home plate when he releases the ball. Like <laughs> six six, he's so his arms are so long, and the ball just jumps. That it literally looks like it's going up out of his hand. And it's just I'm like I don't understand how a lefty would ever even want to get it. step in the like, box. I can't. Like, I don't remember. I've never seen Randy Johnson live, but it looks the same. Like it looks like what I yeah. picture like Randy Johnson. Looking like those like crossfires, steps that steps across his body, recovers very fast arm. Like I wouldn't just no, no thanks. I would never want to get in the box against him, especially as a lefty. I did not like standing in lefty against you and just the bullpen. I couldn't imagine. Yeah, that was <laughs> a six foot nine lefty Chris Sale throwing the ball. I mean, <laughs> no thanks. No, nope. <laughs> If someone asked you like ten years ago, would if you would be in the same sentence, the same group as Chris Sale, would you would you say yeah, I'm in there, or would you would you not? Definitely not. And I still don't think I should be in the same. same. I have not pitched an inning in the major leagues. I should never be in the same sentence as Chris Sale. I do struck out over two hundred people multiple times in the season. So until I do that, I can't be in the same sentence. But you can say I'm throwing. I mean. Point. That's still pretty cool. Like, yeah, I mean, right. we're talking about Chris Sale, and here is Brandon Walter from little old Newark, Delaware, where I feel like I introduced myself, and I'm like, oh, I'm from Delaware, and they're like, where is that? And I feel like I tell Dominican kids, I'm like, it's Serica Day, New York. I'm like, it's close to New York. That's all you need to know. Like, no one knows about this little state. <laughs> here you are, just yeah. from middle of nowhere, Delaware. Now we're brink of the show. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about it in that in that sense, just because, like you said, you say you're from Delaware and they're pure. the first response is, oh, you're the first person I've ever met from Delaware. Yep. It's like, yeah, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, every person I meet, yes, yep, I'm from Delaware. People live in Delaware? Yes. 
people live in the world. <laughs> That's uh, great. Heck. Who uh, we? I love I love getting these stories from Colin. Give me uh, uh, before we let you go here. Give me someone who's been just like really impressive and tough to face for you coming up through the system in your time in pro ball. Who's a guy who you've you know you've had a couple battles against and it's just like that that dude in the box is different. Just for me. Yeah, yeah, for you. Uh, let's see. I in twenty twenty one. I I faced Gunnar Henderson a bunch. He was a uh, Oh, he was a nice. rookie last year with um, the Orioles. So I, I faced him in low A, and we kind of moved up to high A together. I struck him out a bunch in, in low A, and then in high A, he had, a, he had a bomb off me in my first game. And then he, I think he hit, like, another, like, seed off the green monster his second at bat. So he's tough because he's a, he's a lefty, which is, I never get hit by lefties like that. Um, and he, like – He's just so strong that like anything he hits can be a homer. Like he can like yeah. run into anything, basically. So and those, to me, those are the guys that are like the most intimidating. Just like you can make a good pitch, and they're just so strong that they just if they just get it, it's it, it's it can go. So those are the most dangerous hitters, and uh, I'd rather face the the scrappy uh, like foul off guy instead of those power yeah. hitters that can just turn any mistake into a three run homer because that'll that'll ruin your day. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those like i feel like like we're playing like the same teams like every like two or three weeks like every start like i remember like i look back at the start before and i'm like oh that dude got me on this do you ever like do stuff like that too where you like make sure like that dude got me on this like let's not do that like because i know it's gonna be a homer <laughs> yeah especially when you uh when you go like tuesday sunday if you're like you're throwing, yeah. if you're throwing tuesday in the minor leagues you play six game series but though Tuesday you throw against the same team on t- on Sunday. Um I remember last year I played against Hartford at their place, which is the Rockies double A. And Ezekiel Tovar, I think maybe one of the, he's like one of the top prospects. I mean he might have got up to the show at the end. Um but he was like their best hitter and he hit a homer off me on Tuesday. It was a change up, first pitch change up he jumped on. I was like, okay, well definitely not throwing him first pitch change up. I still a bunch of sliders. And finish him with changeup, so it was kind of nice to. That's not nice giving up a home run, but it's nice kind of learning from it, making the adjustments, and then and then getting the best of it the next the next time out. Because I mean, eventually you're gonna face him in the show, and you're gonna remember like, oh, that dude right. took me deep on a two-two changeup, you know, back in 2021 or whatever. So you remember that stuff every year. Yeah, I always remember when I get hit. I don't remember. I always remember like if I like strike a guy out a bunch of times, like maybe I don't like remember that but if like i'm if, if a guy hits like multiple homers off me like i'll definitely remember that and try not to make the same mistakes always remember the bad stuff oh, like don't do that again don't do that again <laughs> are you a big video like do you like to watch video after your starts and i was like i, I was wondering like our pitching coach always says like never look at like the bad like at bats like never look at like the negative stuff like always look at like a really good at bat like how, how like do you use video a lot and, like if so like what like what what do you look at like each week like going into like the next week or something yeah i mean i always do a complete recap of every game uh the first thing i go through i mean i kind of know after like it's not like i don't just like black out in the game like i remember things that happen in the game um the first thing i go through is just sequencing like if i 
maybe like got hit hard in the inning. I was like, okay, well, it was probably really bad sequencing by me. I was probably pretty predictable. Um, so I just go through that. Um, and I'll go through like the strikeouts and stuff too, that just to see what I did well so I can hopefully carry over into the next game. Uh, and same thing, just sequencing, like execution of pitches, what I did. Um, like maybe I use a good tunnel that maybe I can implement my next bullpen and in the next game. Uh, just stuff like that. I don't, I don't look at too much like mechanical stuff if that's what you're asking. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, then just going off of that, like, are you a big like like scouting report guy? Because I feel like with myself, like I'll look at the like scouting report the coach gives us, and I like try not to dive into that stuff. Because I mean, like everybody's sliders are different. Like the report may say bad on sliders down away, but you know that might be for a sweeper, that might be for a small one, that might be for a gyro. Do you like to look so and dive into like that stuff, or do you just pitch to your strengths and just let it play, or do you like go through the game like each each inning like? Oh, like that guy's tough on this. Do you kind of learn like that? Uh, kind of all of the above. I do. So, I'm in, for the most part, in game, I will pitch to my strengths ninety percent of the time. So, what I do when I go into the scouting report is I don't really look at like the scouting report that the coach left. Like, I don't like. I don't look at like what like because, like you said, like I throw different than basically everybody. So, if they. Okay, they chase they chase fastball up. Okay, that's not a really big part of my game. I'm not going to go into the game trying to force fastballs up when I know that's probably not my strength. So, what I look at number one, I look at aggressiveness of the first pitch because, like, like I said earlier, I'm huge on getting ahead. But if a guy just crushes first pitch heaters, I'll know not to just feed him first pitch heaters. Maybe that's the guy I'll go first pitch breaking ball or, or change up or. Certain guys that are like ultra aggressive to the first strike, I will go out of the zone and try to get a chase. And usually it happens because if they're swinging at 50% of first pitches, they're probably going to chase a changeup out of the zone if they're really hunting a fastball. Um, so, yeah, so first pitch aggressiveness and they're just chase tendencies with two strikes. So, they're, they're, like, if they're more likely to chase a, a slider or changeup or things like that, like, what, what, what do they do? To, what are their strikeouts? Basically, what what do they swing at out of the zone? I get. It. Well, you you've a couple of times mentioned tunneling, and I'm just curious when you look at you know when you're when you're breaking down video or you're looking at you know metrics to in in a bullpen and you and you think like oh this is a good tunnel, are you when you put that plan together for something you find something that might tunnel together. Are you necessarily chasing then, like, okay, this is how I can get a punch out here? Like, I, I can go to this to get swing and miss punch out? Or is it just something that, like, oh, I know I can work these two throughout the start together to get outs no matter what? Swing and miss punch out, I can just generate weak contact. Uh, kind of both. I, I mean, I work – tunneling to me is just, like, getting pitches to do different things when starting in the same spot. Um, and then, like that changes that changes for me from lefties to righties because my my pitch grades are so different from lefties to righties. So like mm-hmm. whereas a, for I guess right-handed hitters, I'm I'll probably tunnel more changeups and sliders. Whereas to lefties, I'll tunnel more sinkers and sliders because my sinker. I mean, my sinker is a good pitch, but it's really not a good pitch to righties if you look at the numbers. Um, that's one I got to be more careful with. But to lefties, I can pretty much throw it right down the middle, and it grades out as a really good pitch still. So it's just knowing those, 
like how your stuff plays against each hitter. And I just try to maximize that and, and, and start everything middle and make everything look like a strike and hopefully get them to swing when it moves out of the zone. Throw everything hard. I feel like I've watched your bullpens and you were grunting on changeups and grunting on sliders. Like keep it all the yeah. same. Let it eat. Like I was up with Newark today, uh, telling kids like they're baby and like they're off speed. I'm like, just throw it as hard as you can. Right. Like tunnel it like that. You don't want to be changing all your motion and stuff. And you know the hitter sees all of that. Like especially at the level that you're about to be at. Like hitters see the smallest little hitches or little hiccups in the delivery and next thing you know you're like what is going on and then you go in the dugout and they're like you're tipping right. like they can see it you know your arm action is different like your delivery is different like all that stuff matters so yeah, i mean all that stuff dies into i mean go on for hours talking about yeah. this but don't want to go too far <laughs> i mean to me like pitching isn't easy but i think the philosophy of pitching to me is that the easiest way to describe it is just get your pitches to be as nasty as possible that doesn't always mean the hardest. Like uh, people are cat. Like not everybody can throw a hundred, but get your pitches to be as nasty, as move as much as possible, and just throw as many strikes as possible. And, and that's just a recipe for success. If you can get pitches that are tough to hit, and you throw them in the zone and out of the zone when you want to, I mean, you're you're, you're going to have success pitching. One hundred percent. That's perfect. It's. Max Scherzer almost embodies that too. It's like sometimes you feel like he's just attacking guys middle, middle, and it's just like, but he has gross stuff. So he knows he can throw that, you know, 2 0 cookie heater. And he's like, I don't care who's hitting and just blow it by him. And it's, that's a, that's a great mentality to have. I love that. So, um, one more question I got for you is how many righties do you get swinging misses on that you hit guys with? Does that happen great, like great question. once a week, once a month? Great question. <laughs> once an inning, once an at bat. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely done it like a lot. Uh, I remember one in, I want to say it was in 2021, I got a guy swinging miss at a slider and I hit him in the kneecap. And Ooh. he like dropped. And he was like down for, I think it might have shattered his kneecap, but he took a full hop. Oh. <laughs> So that was, Here comes a twenty nine hundred spin slider to your kneecap. Good luck. So that was kind of fun, but, but it, it happens here and there. Like it'll go like I'll throw some like between their legs, and I, I hit righties with sliders all the time that they don't swing at too, and that's like the most annoying thing to me. Like getting an O two count, and then you just hit them in the back foot with a back foot slider, and they, they you like they like check swing at, and it's like oh, there's a wasted opportunity yeah. where I have his elbow too, and now he's on first, and I got to start over. So. It, I mean, it, that happens just as much as they swing at it. So, But it, when they swing at it, it is fun. Yeah, so it, it's funny you say that. Is Does your slider grade out better against righties or lefties? Because obviously it's a nightmare lefty on lefty, but that's such a tough pitch for a righty to hit. Is it kind of equal, or is it tougher on righties um, or lefties particularly? I don't know the exact numbers. I know it grades really well to both, but I, I want to say yeah. lefties is better still. Okay. Yeah, because we we use like the twenty to eighty grade. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's eighty against lefties, but I don't know. I don't think it's eighty. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty good. good. I think. <laughs> how how often are you looking? Are you looking at your pitch usage every start, yeah. and are you trying to? Are you looking at a target number for the slider? Because the slider is the best yeah. pitch, right? 
Yeah. And, and I, are you like, I'm going to throw this the most? And it's actually weird because I, I don't throw it. I throw it the least. And I, I and every really? time I, I'm trying to throw it more, but like I, for some reason I just, right. I don't go to it as much as I really should. Um, and I, I use the change up a bunch. I always, the change up is good too. And, and it, it plays <laughs> against right. And, I, and teams, and I saw it last year. Teams like to stack righties against me instead of like, especially in the minor leagues. Like we're right. Lineups are changing so much day to day. They're, they're trying to get everybody at bats and everything. I'll, I'll usually see lineups with, with eight out of nine right-handers, which sucks for me. But so yeah, <laughs> my slider usage isn't going to be like what it technically should be because I don't really face that many lefties. And then I'll get random lineups where they're more lefty heavy, and I'll bet those are the days where I'll use the slider more, obviously. Um, but yeah, just using slider to righties, that's that's kind of an emphasis for me. They, they've kind of preached it to me. So that's, that's one of my adjustments I'm going to make this season. That and throwing more four seamers because I I really got away from throwing four seamers pretty much ever last right. year. So I want to kind of get that into the scouting report more just to just to keep hitters honest. Sorry, I will. I'm, I promise I'll stop in a second. But now you got me really cooking it up. <laughs> what, what's the difference in the in the four seamer and the two seamer? Because you obviously there was a reason you went away from the yeah. four seamer, right? And you were talking about how you just it's a true sinker with the two seamer. So what's the difference? What's the four seamer play like? It's a big gap. My four seamer carries about ten inches more. No, probably more than that. Wow. Like ten to thirteen. I, you, I usually get like. You're up to 13 on reps. So, like yeah. 10 to 13 vertical on my four seamer, and 10 to 13 horizontal. So it's kind of like the it's like a dead zone ball, but it, it plays because it's so different than anything else I throw. Everything else I throw will like max carry three inches. So mm. it's just a different look. Even though like the pitch by itself isn't a great. Highly graded pitch. It's, it's hard. It's right. mid 90s, but it's not like like movement profile wise. It's not a it's not a great pitch in itself. But with the rest of the arsenal, it does have a role. So just trying to use that more. Because that I 13 got, inches has got to look like. I mean, if you're throwing everything, you know, you were saying zero to three almost the other stuff. That 13. If you're getting 13 yeah. inches and you're still right. running it, yes, it's a dead zone pitch. But that's got to look like almost like twilight zone to some hitters, especially a lefty. I would imagine. Yeah. Cause it's almost it, it almost would look like it's r- running or riding and sinking at the same time because they're just seeing they're just seeing heavy heavy and then you're running yeah I, right. I would just think that that would that that gap and it is does get swings it does get swings and misses at the top of the zone it's just right being able to execute there and just and it's tough obviously if, if I'm gonna make a mistake I don't want to make it with that pitch because like I said it doesn't right. grade out great so if I throw that in the middle zone it's probably gonna get hit pretty hard um, but if it if I can execute it like Chest level should it should play, and I don't got to throw a ton. I'm, it's, this isn't going to be a pitch that I like live and die off of. Obviously, it's just, right, it's just right. showing it enough to keep hitters honest and 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 against those hitters that are susceptible to chasing up there, I can I can still use that. So just knowing that and trusting it. It's nasty. So, when you talk about that, how much of that has to do with like vertical approach angle? Because I know that's something that like a lot more people are talking about almost more than vertical movement, like is almost the transition into vertical approach angle. Is that something they talk about because you are a lower three quarters guy with that, you know, where it might be 
movement-wise dead zone heater, but because of your release height and how that tricks the eyes, is that something that, you know, they work on too? Um, I don't know the exact, I don't know the numbers on that, on the vertical approach. Uh, but I know there's a significant gap from what the other pitches is, like what I said. Um, yeah. It might not be a, a great vertical approach, or it might, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I know my, like everything else has such a negative vertical approach that it's, that yeah. it, just just being different from those alone gives yeah. you value. It's got to be gross, yeah. I got one more question. I feel like we can keep going. Forever. We got to go here at some point. So you, we talked all about the slider. I don't know if you guys know, you threw a curveball too, and I mean, before, and it was just, I mean, just uh, passing the eye test and number-wise, like, it was equally as good. And then I think, uh, I don't know if it was last offseason or the one before, they said no more curveballs. Like, was was that something they wanted to do, or is that more of something you thought would be better, just being more of a sinker guy now with your, I mean, being at zero uh, vertical, you got the curveball might have to pop up a little bit to, you know, get that movement. Like, was that something that you decided, or is that kind of a team team decision uh it was the team because it just i didn't really know like this is when back when i like didn't really know much about the whole analytical side of everything uh but the the curveball was more it was like a big sweeping slur so it kind of like had a bunch of horizontal and a bunch of like not like a decent amount of negative vert too um but basically, the way they described it to me was like anytime I was going to throw that, the slider was always going to be a better option anyway. So just the slider is such a plus pitch that you might as well just throw that in any breaking ball count. There's, yeah. Don't throw an average curveball if you can just throw a great slider. So, was, I mean, it, it made sense to me. And it, it made it easier for me. I, I only have one breaking ball to work on now instead of two. And I haven't like yeah. helped with my command and consistency with the slider too. So it ends up actually being a good thing. Which at first I was kind of against it because I had a success with my curveball in college, but not everything translates to to the upper levels like that. So um, it's kind of good that anytime I go breaking ball, I just go slider and I don't got to change anything. So it's nice. I mean, I now look at it probably one of the best sliders from probably our draft class that nobody knew about. And here we go. <laughs> but that's awesome. Yeah. The the last question I'll ask is, is when you talk about your slider and obviously the movement profile of it, is the reason you don't use it as much necessarily because it's that sweeper that it's, I mean, you said you accidentally hit guys in the back foot sometimes because it's so gross. And I always think about like Clayton Kershaw's curveball is obviously what people talk about, but he actually throws that the least of his arsenal because it's so hard to command it's but it's so different that that's why he gets so many swings is that kind of the thought process with the big sweeper is that it you know sometimes it's hard to command and in to get ahead compared to like a dylan cease or a dylan bundy who can throw these gyro balls that just like all they have to do is throw it in the middle and it's just gross it's a bullet so is that kind of the thought process that's definitely there? part of it with with throwing it to right-handers i mean not that it's hard to command like i feel like i can throw it for a strike when i want to like for the most part obviously i'm not a robot but like for the most yeah. part i can throw it for a strike when i want to and i can throw it out of the zone for a chase when i want to the problem is for right-handed hitters that out of the zone chase is running into their back foot so it might hit them which is not what i want so i like that's probably why i i go away from it. if i do yank it slider to a righty gonna hit them. <laughs> 
But to a lefty, if I yank a slider, it's just a ball away. So I, for that reason, I do tend to throw left sliders to lefties more. But okay. still trying to get it to righties a little bit better too. So work in progress. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Dan or Colin, you guys got anything else? This has I been a blast. because we'll be here all night. But, yeah, <laughs> this yeah, has been awesome. Good. Thanks, Walt, for getting on. <laughs> Yes, yes. Well, well, we wish you the best of luck in in big league camp, and you know, hopefully, we'll be we'll be watching you on MLB TV pitching in Boston in April, and that'll be a good good cold, right? You know, you, we're over here talking about how cold it is in Boston in April. I'm sure you'll be fired up to be pitching in the cold, and you know, you'll definitely have us rooting for you, and obviously, everybody, you know, from Delaware, because all of us are Delaware guys. You know, obviously, we've. I mean, I could definitely say for certain you've punched me out a couple times. I'm sure you punched out all of Delaware at some point. So, um, but you know, it was an awesome conversation for the parts that I was here for. So we really appreciate you coming on today and, and wish you the best of luck through big league camp. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no problem. No problem. So, Hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Like I said, I apologize about the technical difficulties on my side, but I know Dan and Colin were killing it as I was frantically trying to restart my computer and figure out what was going on. But obviously make sure you're liking, sharing, and subscribing to the podcast, sharing with five friends. It's just to help us grow. You know, any way to make this podcast a little bit bigger is is all we're asking for. Follow on all social channels. We'll have some clips up this weekend. Um, Dan and I will be at some live college baseball this weekend too. So be on the lookout. It's that time of year again. We're we're back to kicking off baseball and and make sure you're following Walt this year. He's going to be breaking camp with the Bow Sox. So uh, make sure you guys are tuning into the next episode. But until then, we'll see you guys next time.